Hello everybody and welcome to the third episode of Up North Books, a podcast celebrating literature from the North, whether that be Northern writers, Northern publishers or books set in the North of England. Today we have an exciting episode as we are joined by our first guest, Mim Skinner, who we'll be interviewing today. Mim Skinner is a writer and social entrepreneur based in the Northeast. Her book Jailbirds was published in 2019 by Seven Dials and details her time working in a women's prison and the lessons she learnt there. She's also written some pieces on feminism and grief for The Guardian and The Sunday Times. Mim is also the founder of Refuse, a pay-as-you-feel cafe based in Chesterler Street, which collects and redistributes food that would otherwise go to waste. This social enterprise was the focus of her commissioned piece titled Camaraderie and Chaos, with New Writing North as part of Durham Book Festival's New Narratives for the North East programme. In partnership with Durham Book Festival, which is happening online throughout this week, we wanted to chat to Mim to hear about her experiences as a writer and her social mission. Um, so hello Mim, thanks for joining us. Lovely to be here. It is so lovely to have you and thank you for being the first guest on our podcast. We've not interviewed anybody yet so you're the first one up. <laughs> oh, very exciting. What <laughs> you like that. Um, so we were wondering if you could tell us a bit more about your work in the women's prison and how this sort of led to your journey in writing Jailbirds. Yeah, of course. So uh, my role within the prison was uh, running a classroom which would link people up who were kind of the furthest away from getting involved in education or training or a job within the prison. Uh, and we worked on confidence and personal development. The idea being that using arts and creativity in that context, people would be brought slightly further along a journey where they're then be able to engage in either educational projects or vocational training. So that was kind of the main role within the prison, but that just looked like lots and lots of different things, whether that was um, running a choir or a theatre project or um, arts, creative writing, um, just lots of different creative tools um, to help people just connect with themselves and growing confidence really. That sounds so good. So how did that kind of inspire you to go on to write a book? Do you know the book wasn't something I ever really meant to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always kind of journal just as a way of processing for myself um, but it came from having a lot of conversations where I would tell people about the kind of things that were going on in prison, whether that's people being released to no address or that a third of the people in there had come straight from the care system and people would be quite shocked. Uh, and these are people who are really well read and who keep up with the news. Um, but those things would be surprising. And one of the people that I spoke to um, was an editor and just said you know why don't people know these things why is that a shock um and suggested that I I I pitch a book on the topic which I didn't think I could do at the time because I wasn't sure of the kind of legal frameworks and and the permissions um but it was uh that editor who really kind of helped push it forward and she's somebody who's I mean she's won an award recently for kind of being someone who doesn't take no for an answer and you know (laughs) just published the book of the last remaining judge in the Nuremberg trials and the oh wow she's really um yeah 
she's a really kind of pioneering person and I think her saying no come on these stories need to be told was a, a good kick up the arse and yeah started off the process that's great um so we've spoken a lot on our podcast before about the ways in which working class people are often excluded from publishing generally and also like their voices not being heard um and we were wondering if you think this is something that like impacted your writing of the book um if this was something that you wanted to give voice to well in many ways the other way as well I mean notice that the way I got to write a book then was that I had a friend who was in publishing and mm, helped yeah. me write the book and that's how it's happened so more than being a person whose voice needed to be heard actually having that collection has allowed me since to help provide access for other people who are in that category and who wouldn't just bump into people um so one of the things I've been able to do since the book came out is um connect lots of women who spent time in prison with established authors in mentoring partnerships I've been able to kind of mentor women connect them with um platforms and journalism and actually it made me kind of look in the mirror and say, gosh, it was very much a result of my own privilege that I was able to have access into that publishing world and that I I had known the language that to use in, in those contexts and, and was kind of schooled in, in how that happened uh, that meant I too. So, so how can I pass that on and how can I increase access? I think that is the best way that you can use your privilege though as well to help other people and I think that the things that you do all throughout your life show show you doing that and I think that's really great. Oh thanks very much. Uh, I, I mean it is just the kind of uh, I think that there's a responsibility on, on all of us to do that. I don't, don't think that should be a particular yeah, lord. I think that you, you should do that if you're someone who has that access. Definitely. Definitely. I think with um, obviously giving voice to the women in these prisons as well is such an important part of the the book because it's not just like your experience working in a prison. It's, it's so much more than that. And I think that's really interesting. So you spoke to your editor and had this idea to write the book. Uh, but did you initially have it as a memoir in mind or did you think of any other ways that you would have wanted to explore this or did it sort of progress that way quite naturally? Oh, that is an interesting question. So I guess there were some really good, good pieces of writing uh, that come out of prisons and really good pieces of theatre. And actually that was my job, you know, was kind of supporting people to, to write things and to tell their stories in, in lots of different ways and mediums. Um, I guess the book came out of a load of diaries I'd written. So its form was really natural. And I mean, some of it's just the diaries cut and pasted into a book form. Some of it's kind of even, you know, bits from counselling journals, the times I was working there. So in many ways it's the path of least resistance in that I already had this writing in these journals and that kind of lent itself well to that structure and then we filled in the gaps so kind of said okay what stories are missing what voices are missing and then worked with um three guest authors as well who'd spent time in prison and and asked them to kind of you know input input their experiences in that as well um 
but I mean I'd be interested to read in different ways they've been done there's a book that's just come out if you're interested in reading um a first-hand account of someone's experience in prison called breakfast in Bronzefield. I'd recommend people kind of pick that up as well it's definitely you know a book among many perspectives in which you'll you'll learn about life in prison whether that's you know teaching being an officer or or being inside a prison uh and i don't think we have enough of those stories there are some some really what i think are inaccurate and harmful narratives as well that are written about prison context so that i remember during the writing process i picked up a book a by an officer at Strange Ways Prison. I think it might just be called Strange Ways, the book. And Mm -hmm. it opens saying this golem-like half-creature lay on the floor in his cell. Like, And I just remember reading this just completely dehumanising text about a person who was really struggling and thinking, if this is what's being written down as this is what prison staff think of the people they work with, this is just the most appalling narrative to be embedding itself in public conscious. And so I I guess I was quite keen to, yeah, say the narrative from where I saw it, which was that people were very different and some amazing and complicated and like all of us, you know. Yeah. That that is so awful. I think there's like that um, divide as well between are general like people's obsession with like crime and crime narratives and true crime as well and then are like complete class ignorance and understanding of people's like real life experiences that there's just like a complete gap between that understanding so I'm really intrigued to read your book anyway to find out more. Um, I think that flows quite nicely actually so you were you were talking about how you kind of changing the narratives that are given to certain people and how kind of public consciousness can be changed with writing and I think your commission piece with New Writing North kind of does that but in a different way so do you want to talk a little bit about camaraderie and chaos and how that kind of merges your work with refuse and your writing Mm, yeah of course so um we were running this community cafe and this community food collecting space whilst I was working in the prison. There's kind of a chapter actually about how we smuggled out vegetables from the prison allotment to kind of bring to one of the dinners. <laughs> oh, there. wow. Um, but when I left the prison service full time and, and started working uh, in Chester Street uh, in that community cafe, um, I still had a lot of those links. So we were able to kind of carry on those connections with women that I'd met inside and been really journeying with and come to trust and able to start and support programs for people uh, coming to the cafe and training in different ways, whether that is training in cookery or hospitality or just being part of a supportive arts community. We were able to kind of do some of that um, supportive arts and arts for expression and mental health and development in the cafe space. Um, but quite often those parts of my life are, are quite separate. I, I do, I'm a community worker on one hand and a, a writer demands this quiet that being a community worker doesn't give you. Mm-hmm. And quite often this people are very immediate and very 
the connections and the demands that humans put on your time are really immediate and really in front of you. Whereas kind of writing is this more um, taken aback cerebral activity where I've, you know, you don't want to have some peace and quiet. So actually what's been amazing with this piece is being able to not just write about that cafe space and about those relationships and how people from very different backgrounds interact, but also to write it within that context. So we had um, people who were our volunteers who edited and were able to kind of change things. One of my partners on the project, um, Paige Walmsley, um, she co-wrote some of the piece and her words were kind of woven in and her experiences of the space. So yeah, that piece feels um, just like a really special thing to be able to do, to, to write a bit about that community who really do challenge people's perceptions of the place of Chesley Street um but yeah right about the space we're living in yeah definitely um can I ask you how you like captured people's conversations in it and how you kind of because I I read that a lot of it you know was on whatsapp and you actually took people's actual words and put that into the piece and I was wondering how that actually worked yeah well the initial thing we pitched was using lots and lots of recorders in people's pockets and and recording an actual day in the cafe and kind of weaving that in and what happened was uh Paige and I who was the assistant on the project um wrote down lots and lots of conversations that uh we could think of and this was during the lockdown we were talking about this as well so on our volunteer whatsapp thread and in conversations and phone calls with those guys we said okay if we are writing about the cafe to people who haven't been here, what do you think is important to include? What stories have been significant for you and what ideas and themes do you think really need to be communicated to get about the space? And then between Paige and I, just back and forth, um, we moulded those into the story. Yeah, wow, that sounds amazing. It sounds so interesting. And I feel like cafes are, especially like a pay-as-you-feel like it is, it's such a... There's such like an in-between space where kind of anybody can come and sit down and spend half an hour or however long it is. And then they kind of go off about their day in their lives. Uh, I work in a cafe and you, you find like such different people all day and you have different conversations with people. So that's really interesting. You know, there is something that happens in terms of a bringing together and a leveling where you say to people in this space, we are not defining value as monetary. We're not subscribing to this kind of, I guess, quite capitalist idea that the way that we measure value is through money in, you know, in cash. And I think that there's something that's very powerful and very empowering when, and leveling when you say, you're not going to be defined financially. We're going to reject that way of defining value and we're going to revalue who you are and what you have. And it might be that you have time and it might be that you have space or it might be that you have kindness or compassion or a skill, or it might be that you're somebody who has really overcome adversity and that we can learn from that. And it might be that you come from a different culture with a different set of ideas or a different faith. And, and I think what is really special about the cafe space and why there's these connections that you wouldn't always have is because the economic setup 
is one which doesn't define value in terms of money and so everybody can participate on an equal measure and actually wherever you are on the pay scale and wherever your time has been valued by this kind of system of employment that we have definitely that sounds so interesting um you were saying before about how obviously covid kind of changed the way the narrative worked and how you picked up people's conversations um i was wondering how because obviously the other um commissioned writers didn't necessarily talk about coronavirus whereas it's very like central to your piece and kind of the the title camaraderie and chaos kind of comes out of this moment that we're living in and i was just wondering did you feel it was really important to show the times that we're living in right now and especially in your cafe space you know it wasn't initially my suggestion it was coming from conversations with um the guys from new writing north who commissioned the project about capturing this moment that we're in and and not feeling like we had to stick to this these pictures we'd made and and writing in a way that's um a bit more reactive and can be flexible but actually it just allowed us to have conversations in the moment and make reflections in the moment that even now I read back and I'm like oh gosh that's funny that in that first two months when people were really really locked down those were the things we were thinking in the the kind of way we were talking about the situation so that wasn't um, necessarily the thing that would have been my first choice but I think it was quite special to be able to capture this specific moment. Definitely and I think kind of countrywide and probably worldwide COVID has kind of shown the strengths and togetherness in communities and I think it worked really well with your piece that that was kind of the overall narrative that I in the piece there's a lot of thinking about the people that you haven't seen and the people that you don't know where they are as well as the people that you do know where they are and I thought that worked really well and I really enjoyed that oh thanks it was really good we both really enjoyed it it was lovely. I think both both of us um, like particularly related to it as well because we have both worked in cafes before for like quite a long time, and Kate still is working in one at the moment. And I think that kind of community spirit that you find in those kind of spaces really came through. Oh, nice, very much. definitely. Um, so we were wondering if you have any northern book recommendations to offer to our readers, um, or if not. Um, any books that you've read during lockdown that you particularly enjoyed okay so this is not a, a northern book but I was thinking recently about um about northern stories and where I think stories have been missed or been really powerful or ones that I've enjoyed um this is also a little bit of a, a kind of backs handed plug in <laughs> a project that my my husband works on um but in uh county durham there's a project called stories of sanctuary and it's um, mostly people from syrian refugee backgrounds but also a span of other refugee backgrounds and they have uh, been doing over the last two years a songwriting projects where 
people write songs collaboratively. And there's a, an amazing poet called Hasna, and she's a wheelchair user and, and lost both legs uh, in a blast um, in Syria and writes about strength and unity and writes about overcoming uh, those problems and and coming to the northeast and finding that as her home and the sense of togetherness she felt with the place here is just really amazing and powerful and in terms of yeah some some writing that's coming out of the region that I think is is very special and is yeah I guess not heard loud enough um are those stories of unity coming out of those projects so that's called um stories of sanctuary the syrian project and they've yeah toured over the the uk and and published an album which included poetry on it as well uh and performed in parliament um but that is a wider project called citizen songwriters where um now not just refugees from syria but people who've come from all different walks of life um, and who, for whatever reason, uh, haven't heard their stories heard, um, are able to to write songs collaboratively and, and perform those as well. So, yeah, in terms of uh, writing that I've, I've loved and felt very affected by, uh, that is my favourite at the moment. Yeah, that sounds perfect. That's exactly the kind of thing that we like. Does any, yeah, that's perfect. Sounds amazing. Um, So that pretty much wraps up our conversation. Thank you so much, Mim, for joining us this week. And it's been lovely chatting to you. Yeah, it has been so lovely. Thank you. And good luck with the rest of all the recordings and podcastings. Oh, thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Speak to you guys soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.